Welcome to the Mental Health Business Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Margot Jaco. Are you a clinician looking to find the balance between providing compassionate client care and business agility? This show will help with things you need to know to start or grow your practice and better serve your clients. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Dr. Margot Jaco. Thanks so much for joining us today. And I have my co-host, our marketing guru, Deanna Shoss of Intercultural Talk here with me today. And as always, Chris Pertel is our producer. So welcome. Glad you can join us today. Hi, Deanna. Hi. So obviously you are our marketing guru, and I mean that seriously. You and actually Chris, Chris is our outreach coordinator, and you two make the wheels turn for sure. And I can't tell you how many people I talk to who are, they sort of drool when I say I have a marketing team. Like, wow, I wish I had one. So first of all, folks, I highly recommend that as soon as you can, you hire people who know how to do this stuff. So today, though, we're going to give you some information about how to continue to do it or start to do it for yourself. So we have already talked some about marketing. We're going to drill down a little bit more to outreach. And I don't know that people necessarily know the difference. What is outreach? When we talk about outreach, we're talking about making making personal connections with people. So outreach is how do you connect with individuals, communities, with real people with whom you want to make a connection. The analogy I like to use, if if marketing, we're creating all these materials and with our marketing, we may be sharing them on digital platforms or print platforms. We're getting the word out there. But if you create some buzz about your business, but it just stays inside your computer or inside your head, it doesn't help. <laughs> so doesn't do any, right. Your, your mind may be a wonderful place for you to be folks, but it's not going to get your business. Right. Okay. So I like that framework. The outreach is that personal connection. And that's really why we ended up needing to hire Chris as well. Someone who can go out into the community to make those connections when I can't. Now, that said, I think a lot of us are doing outreach a lot of the time when we aren't in a pandemic. We're going to networking events, or we're just talking to people about what we do, or we're connecting with other therapists. That all would fall under the category of outreach. However, I think what we're talking about today, we're talking conscientious and targeted. That's that's very targeted is what is what we're talking about, because what we often find is with the marketing, the online and the digital marketing, it's really a good platform for getting a broad representation of here's what my practice is, here's what my practice does, mm-hmm. but. Then there's the issue of how am I getting someone to come into this location? I I need someone in Barrington at four o'clock and I have someone who specializes in depression or anxiety or whatever that specialty is. How can you do outreach to really build it around a location? Because outreach Mm -hmm. can be very personal, at least as the way we're talking about it here. Mm -hmm. Because we're looking at outreach for building awareness, the fact that you have a mental health practice in a specific location. But often with outreach in this context, Margo, we're looking for referral sources. Mm-hmm. And right. what's right. And what's hard for people is sometimes they think, well, I'm asking for something. I'm going and I'm asking you to give referrals to me and it can feel uncomfortable. So Deanna, how would I know as a therapist, who should I be reaching out to? Because you were talking about how 
Sometimes therapists can feel like we're just asking for something, so then we don't do it. So who should we be reaching out to? How do we make those decisions? When we're looking at creating an outreach strategy, there's a couple different levels where we do it. One is is general awareness. You could be reaching out, especially if you're back in a physical space, just to businesses that are physically near you with some a brochure, a card, a cookie, something that makes people remember you. And you're saying, I just want to let you know that I'm here in case you know anyone, and this could be a resource. You may also be reaching out to people as a referral source. And in that instance, that's where it's not about asking because referrals only work if there's a need. And you know, as a, as a clinician, that if you're not able to serve someone, but you know that someone needs help, you want to be able to give a good referral. You want people to be cared for. And so in that sense, you're really offering a resource. You want people to know about you in case there's a need. And it may not be tomorrow. It could be a while from now. You're establishing those relationships for long term. Exactly. And I'm glad you're using that language because therapists are really skilled, typically, at creating relationships. But as soon as we decide that the relationship isn't me as the therapist and you as the client or me as a friend and you as a friend, all of a sudden we feel like we we have none. How would I even start? So let's say there's a referral partner, a potential referral partner in my community. There's a high school. I keep hearing about that there's drug and alcohol problems or there's lots of depression and suicidal thinking and talking about that on social media. How would I go about reaching out? I mean, some systems are really closed, but how would you recommend someone just begins the process? There's two different things I would start with. First, going back to being online and digital, using your online network is really important. So let's say you want to meet someone at Nutrier High School. You can go through your LinkedIn contacts and see who of your contacts knows someone there. What what people are afraid of is cold calls. And cold calls often are harder. They don't work. I mean, studies show that. And so you can often network to find someone who knows someone. So that's one way to do it. I would also suggest, Margot, to start at a place which should be very comfortable for mental professionals, which is a point of service. You're not going in saying, hey, I'm here. Can you send people to me? You're going in and saying, I have an expertise in how to recognize signs of addiction in teenagers. I'd love to be able to do a group or a talk for your parents because I think this information would be helpful to them. Oh, that's excellent. Right. So when we talk about networking, it might be that you have uh, 500 plus people that you're connected with on LinkedIn but as a therapist, you don't really use them. This might be a way to go into your LinkedIn. It's an opportunity to connect with whomever it is that's in your already in your contacts. And, and you can offer to take them to lunch or you can send them a gift card or, or something. You know, you can say, hey, would you be willing to meet for a coffee? I'd love to talk to you about this thing. And if people are busy, they'll say no. But it can be a twofer because you might get your contact then at Nutrier or any other high school and or you might get a contact with the person that you're connecting with to see if they can help hook you up. So I think that's a really great way for therapists to think about it. It's just creating relationships. And I like to think of it as nobody knows we're here unless we tell them. So it's our responsibility and our opportunity to tell people about that. 
there's also fun ways to do it, Margot, where people don't think that it's about business. In fact, you're often better and probably feeling more comfortable if you're not looking at a business objective. Who doesn't like when someone is kind to them? Who doesn't like a compliment? So there are things that you can do that you would just do as a friend. For example, I know you, Margo, read journals all the time. You're constantly coming across articles. And I'm sure there's times when you're reading those articles where you think, oh, you know, so-and-so would love to read this article. Send it to them in an email. Even if you're saying, you probably saw this, but I bet you would love this. Exactly. I did one the other day, and this just goes along just silly, cute stuff. Someone who I've known for years, there's a construction company in our neighborhood right now, and it's Hecker. Well, her maiden name is Hecker. And so I texted her saying, I don't know why I've been thinking about you so much. I was stopped at a stop line. I took a picture of the Hecker sign and just said, I've just been thinking about you. I wonder why. I wonder why. Exactly. Those are silly, fun things. You didn't say... I've been thinking about you and I really hope that you have some clients you can send my way. No, just something fun to make those touch points of connection so that that relationship stays warm. Exactly. And I think as therapists, I know as therapists, this is something we know how to do. So folks, this doesn't have to be a brand new skill set. It's using the skill set that you already have and thinking about creating relationships. Other therapists or people in your community might really enjoy spending some time with you or a kindness or receiving an article. So that's considered outreach too. It doesn't always have to be face-to-face for people who are busy. It can be sending an article. What are some other ideas that don't require people to go and sit down with somebody they've never met? Because a lot of therapists are introverts. So what would that look like? There are a number of ways that you can make connections with people. And nowadays, People are not meeting in person. One, it started with the pandemic where you physically couldn't meet with with people in person. And now we're all realizing driving 45 minutes just to get downtown to meet with someone, I don't want to anymore. (laughs) So the whole nature of outreach and networking has, has changed. Right. I drove to the office today for the first time in a year and a half and didn't really enjoy the ride, I have to say. So yes, I think people are really looking for ways to not have to do that. So on the subject of content, I will say, think about service. This comes naturally to clinicians. Rather than I'm asking for something, how can I serve you? Just as a mental exercise, how can I serve you? And when you reframe that question, it really makes a difference in terms of how you feel about connecting. As far as how to make friends with people when you're in a virtual environment, I have made a few connections lately deep connections where now we actually have business or we're going to be on each other's shows, things like that for referral. And it has to do with shout outs on social media. So for example, you're watching a webinar or you're watching a live broadcast and the speaker, they flash their Instagram handle on on the screen. All you need to do is while you're watching that show, go into Instagram, tag them and say, I am loving watching you on X show right now. That does a couple things. You'll get a few retweets or reposts because of that, because other people are watching at the same time. But who doesn't love to know that someone's watching their stuff? Well, right. As someone who has a show, I like to know that people are watching. It does make a difference. And yes, when people will say, hey, I'm here, that really does matter. It means you stopped, you took the time, and 
I am probably more likely to then reach back to you. So comment, comment on people's articles, people's podcasts, people's YouTube videos, leave comments that maybe add a perspective that you have or that complement what they're doing if it's authentic. And that's a good word. If it's authentic, you don't need to go outside of yourself to be able to do your outreach and your networking. Draw from who you are, your spirit of service, and then just comment and engage where you are and outreach and connections can grow from there. And and I love that idea of, of spirit of service, right? If, if we're coming at this not as a marketer, uh, not as somebody who's trying to do outreach, not as somebody who's trying to drum up business, the mindset needs to be that we're doing this in the spirit of service. And that's really consistent with who most of us are. And a great example, Margot, of how the spirit of service really works. As you recall, we created a video with Andrew Frischman, one of the clinicians at the Juniper Center, about video gaming, which is a huge issue for parents. Took a clip of that, sent it to a school and said, this is really important information. It impacts your students. Your parents will will appreciate it. Wanted you to know about it. And that turned out to Andrew actually going to the school, doing a presentation. Right, which was perfect. He loved it. The parents loved it. The school loved it. So as we're talking about high schools, if you're working with teenagers, are great institutions to get connected with, but they're also really hard. They've got therapists knocking at their door all the time. So coming at this from a, hey, can I give a free presentation? And what do you think about this? This is just my two cents. If you have a little pre-recorded taste of something like what happened with Andrew, does that help for people that you're reaching out to to feel like, okay, I kind of have a sense of who you are. Maybe I'm okay reaching back to you. So maybe making a little brief video if you're trying to pitch a talk so that people can see that you really do know how to speak. Being able to represent yourself on video now is important. I know we just engage people by mind shifting to service as opposed to asking. And now everyone's really comfortable while they're listening. And now we're dropping in that you should be doing video for outreach. I'm always sorry. And another thing. (laughs) But here's why that's important. With those video clips, when you're posting them, it gives people a sense of what your presentation will be like. Because even if your content's really good, people want to know that it's going to be an interesting program, which is also why it's nice to be guests on other people's podcast shows, things like that, looking for those opportunities, because you never know who's listening. And once you're doing those kinds of presentations, you can ask for referrals. Send a thank you letter. By the way, speaking of going to your natural state of being nice and service, when you send your thank you note to the person, to your host, to say, thank you so much for having me. By the way, I would love to do this presentation for others. Is there anyone else that I should meet that you can make a connection for me? Yeah. Be, not being afraid to just say, hey, can we extend this a little bit? Or are there other people that I can connect you with and perhaps people you can connect me with? I love that idea. Now we've added in a video clip. So we'll talk about public persona in in an upcoming podcast because that probably will tie in. But even if they don't know how to do that, 
don't worry about it. You can still make the call. You can send the email. I think there are ways for people to want to connect with you, even without the video. So we'll cover that another time. So Deanna, if you had to say the the top three things that a therapist needs to think about and do when they are considering outreach, what would those be? The first one is if outreach is outside of, of your comfort zone, try to have a role. If you're in person, volunteer to be at the reception desk. You'll meet everybody. So think about having a role so that you feel comfortable being in that space. That's one way to get out of your comfort zone. The second is don't be afraid to ask for referrals. When someone says no, a child, that's a challenge to go to the next level. We often shut down. Don't be afraid to say, you might not be the right person, but who who do you know? Who do you know that, that might be interested in this? And know your value, be authentic, know your value in terms of what you're offering. So know how you can help so that when someone is ready to say, okay, yes, I do want your help, know what it is that you bring to the table. And all of that, if you remember nothing else, approach from a point of kindness and service because people still want to refer and do work with people that they just like and feel connected to. And that right there will always give you the strongest base to start with. Right. So folks, keeping in mind that just that mindset of kindness and service. And if you have a referral that you can give to someone else that would be more appropriate, that's a great way to connect with someone else. Making sure when someone refers to you that you just send that little quick thank you note or even a quick email, anything that says thanks so much for trusting us and thinking of us. Connecting with people in your building. I used to do this before we could afford to have a great marketing team. I was pounding the pavement. I know Park Ridge very well. I used to go downtown. I would walk into stores and I would just chat with people. I didn't automatically hand them my business card, but I would chat with them. And then the third or fourth time, they might say, so do you live around here? And I'd say, no, I'm a business owner. And Oh, what do you do? And then I could give them some information. And and we actually got referrals that way. So it, it is that just don't be afraid to to make those connections and create those relationships. Margo, one thing you said that's really key is you said, I see them three or four times. Do you know the average number of connections you have to make with someone before you make a sale? Three or four? It's, it's 11. 11? Wow. It's 11. Okay. So don't feel like when you have that first moment that you have to go in, here's what I'm offering. Did we make a business connection? That is the least important thing in that first moment. Just make an authentic connection, which gives you the basis to to go circle back. Right. Uh, 11 times. This is information that I think people don't have. I saw three or four because that's kind of what worked for me. But definitely that's something to keep in mind. Don't be discouraged. Just know that like anything else, relationships take time. There are those people who will hear, oh, you are the local therapist for for Andrew. He's doing video game addiction or overuse of screens. Okay. But if you happen to be a generalist, it's going to be you. It's not your work product. It's going to be you and who you are and what they get to know. So go back to those same businesses, go to the same Starbucks in your community many, many times, get to know your local barista. Anything else, Deanna, before we wrap up for today? Outreach can really just be a fun part of your business. Who doesn't like to have friends? Who doesn't like to know people and be known in your community? So if you look at it less of an obligation and a way to really just connect and build people you know, there can be a sense of fun 
to it that will also draw people back to you. Right. That will also draw people, draw people back to you. And that I can't reiterate that strongly enough. It needs to be something that you enjoy. If it's a drudgery, the person on the other end is going to feel it. So find what you like. That's part of the reason we do our networking meetings and do these podcasts. They're things that I enjoy. Marco, one other quick thing. When you talk about people who do think it's a drudgery, there may be people who say it will never be fun for me. Mm. Find your friend or colleague for whom it is fun and go together. There you go. Exactly. That's perfect. Wonderful. Well, so Deanna Shoss, as always from Intercultural Talk, thank you so much for joining us today. This is great information. Folks, thanks for joining us as well. We're so glad you're here. I'm Dr. Margot Jaco, your mental health business mentor. We'll talk to you next time. Be well. You've been listening to the Mental Health Business Mentor Podcast with Dr. Margot Jaco. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe so you don't miss an upcoming episode and head on over to the mentalhealthbusinessmentor.com website for resources and additional information. Thanks so much for listening and be well.